play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. Yes, yes, it is. It is me. It is me in the flesh, in person. Maddie C, the host of the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I would do my usual big spiel at the top, but. We know why you're here. We're here to continue with our conversation with my mate, Evan Flay. For those who missed part one, go back and get it. He's my mate who I play Dynasty League football with, a New Zealand-American guy who shares a Dynasty League with me. And from the earlier in the year episodes where we talked to Marky Mark, our 2019 champion, as a bit of an introduction to Dynasty, Evan is taking it an extra gear up. We left on him about to deliver a nugget about how to try and separate guys who are both fast and who are both probably helpful guys to have on your fantasy team but just a way to separate some of those guys out so we'll dive in where we left off and if you haven't caught that episode it is wherever you found this one but if you have just found our show make sure you like us on facebook and instagram we are at astro league podcast and you can find us everywhere you get podcasts make sure you subscribe so these episodes just pop up and they'll be there three times a week for you to enjoy all right stepping aside let's get back into the nugget with evan go 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 Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have run Jeremy's size boner going for him there. <laughs> Your in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor Nailed, I've got to say. So, this is something that, that I learned um, through my job as as a sprint coach and kind of how that's, that translates into football. Everyone gets hung up on the time of a 40. And I mean, if you think about it, how frequently does a player in an NFL game get to not wear their pads, not carry the ball, not dodge any defenders, start when they want to Hmm. and run in a complete straight line? Um, Never. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in ideal conditions that never happens. Um, And one of the telltale ways to see if a player is efficiently using the muscle and explosive power in their bodies is to count the steps at at a certain distance in their 40. And what I mean by that is you'll need to, you know, if you're really quick, you can do it in real time, but uh, go back and look at a player's 40 yard dash and slow it down. And if he reaches the 11 right. yard so writing line. this down yeah 11 yard line uh yeah the the 11 yard line in seven steps or fewer that's legit speed that's something that you can take note of and um there's there are some really good players i'm, I'm not saying <laughs> like, just if a bomb player doesn't do that it doesn't mean they're <laughs> terrible if a player does accomplish that it doesn't mean that they're a pro bowler but if you are looking at is this player fast because all NFL skilled position players seem pretty fast. If you're looking to sort some of those players, that's a great way to do it. Don't don't look at the the end result of the time because that doesn't really matter. It's the short, quick, explosive acceleration. So look at someone. If you watch someone like DK Metcalf, that guy has track and field sprint mechanics that he has worked on. Whereas if you look at someone like you know, on the other end of the spectrum, someone who may be able to do uh, pass that test that I just listed off. Look at someone like Tyreek Hill. Wow. Okay, Tyreek Hill. You know, Tyreek Hill is 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 pretty quick. I'm actually not sure if he is able to do that. 
because I'm not going to go into the specifics of it, but his running form, <laughs> his sprinting form is terrible. That That is a case of someone being so naturally talented. Now, I'm not saying that, no, that, he, does, yeah. it, that he hasn't worked hard on it no. uh, because he clearly has, but that's someone who has been so naturally talented throughout his you know upbringing that his coaches probably looked at him and said, <laughs> you know yeah. what, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Okay. Uh, then you get to the NFL. You see someone like DK Metcalf who has spent time building efficiency and, you know, working on core stability and limiting things like trunk rotation and heel striking and, and all that stuff. And then you see Buda, Buda Baker, who was the man in high school. That's not to say that he's some sort of <laughs> scrub now. I mean, he's insane. But is, if we're talking about speed, oh, no. All that work, extra work that Metcalf put in added up yeah, to maybe. Maybe what? Like one mile an hour, but over a hundred yards, you see what it does. And so start small with that, with that little equation, seven steps by 11 yards is an efficient use of power. That's someone who knows how to run. Um, it's the nugget. So there, there's your nugget. So many more so than any other sport football players, when they are multi-sport athletes, and, and so many of them are, they run track and field. So there, there's a site called uh, athletic.net, and you can go there and type in a player's name. And listen, sometimes it just, I mean, you won't get lucky and yeah. uh, you won't be able to find the player on there. But, I mean, go look. Tyreek Hill, his high school uh, results are up there. Uh, mine are up there from my senior year. It, well, some of them still are. And, uh, you know, look at, did that guy run the 400? Did he run all four years? Commitment. That's a, you know, that's an underrated thing. Is the guy just going to do one thing and a little bit and, and quit? These are all little small areas of info that I tap into when it, whenever it comes to, you know, drafting a player. I think the point between... If you already know there's two or three guys who are at the top of a draft like we're going to be, we know there's two or three players who are going to attract the most attention at each position. If you don't have a good gut feel of one guy over another, what's another way you can separate people uh, and not to have to overthink? Yeah, so the the fitness and athleticism, we're becoming a one-sport society right now, and it's not doing good things. Uh, athletes who who just play one sport and train for one sport, they're going to suffer more, uh, a higher rate of injuries. Uh, they are, I, I mean, I'm not going to say they're, they're not going to have any success, but it's far more likely that if you create a well-rounded athlete with, with the three main components of ultimate fitness, speed, balance, range of motion, that's where you're going to find success. So congratulations. You know, you might see it. Uh, a guy doing some like pro day workouts where he's squatting 600 pounds, like, okay, great. But if you can't touch your toes and apply any of that strength to the ground, <laughs> I mean, you're just going to be a piece of rebar with skin on it. So yeah, those are some of the things that, that, that I, that I look for. Um, but then, yeah, just going back to the eye test, does a player look comfortable on the field? Right. Or, or, or does he look kind of awkward and, and, you know, take all, all these things into consideration. All right. You don't need to be like some sort of crazy analyst to have success with this. 
for instance, uh, a few years ago, I decided to okay. play the college football bowl pick'em game with my grandmother, my nan, and she decided she was going to pick <laughs> based on the mascots of the teams that she liked the most. No way. And she absolutely destroyed no me. Okay, so, um, I so that just goes to show that you don't need to follow the boring by the book type methods. No, find something that works for you. If you don't have a good feeling about, you know, West Virginia University's offensive system and how that translates in the NFL, don't go with them. In that, in that chat that we're in, for this league that we're in together, you've actively thought as many 2020, uh, as many 2020 first round picks as you could get, or as many really comfortable spot draft picks. It didn't even matter who was first in some instances, because you had sort of just gone all in on this 2020 draft. You spent a lot of time researching it. How'd you go? Who'd you succeed with? What were you looking for? Who'd you fail with? Tell us everything. So the reason for drafts like last year is almost <laughs> at a, a combination of necessity and panic because in our first off season, uh, actually, no, it was right towards the end of our first regular season as in this dynasty league in 2017. I yeah. absolutely love Saquon Barkley. I, I love the school that he went to. I'm a big 10. I'm a big 10 guy. Um, and it, he he fit every category that that I was looking for. Yeah. The only issue is that I didn't have the first overall pick, and the the yeah. commissioner of the league that that we are still in, Chris, yeah. did have the pick, and I decided I waited <laughs> until because uh, his his team sucked that year, and so it was pretty it was pretty obvious um, oh, as wow. early as October that he had that pick locked oh, up wow. and I no way I sent him a message that's commitment every yeah. single day for two and a half months because right in the beginning it was and and I wasn't obnoxious if he would have said listen oh, it's not gonna happen stop I would have given up he never shut the door and it went from no no I'm I'm not looking to trade it oh okay well what about, what about this? What about this? Well, <laughs> it finally, uh, on December like 17th, 2017, he finally agreed. And the haul for him, and it was a haul, uh, was yeah. for the 2018-101 right. pick. I gave him Oof. Jordan Howard, T.Y. Hilton, Holy and five... Cow conditional first round picks from in from 20 uh, 2019 2020 2021 2022 and 2023 now the conditions were if saquon barkley gets a thousand rushing yards and eight total touchdowns and so um yeah fast forward a little bit and um I didn't really have any first round picks because Saquon Barkley finished the the twenty uh, eighteen or twenty nineteen ah, season with like of course, of course. one thousand and three ah, rushing yards or something like that's that. That's brutal. Yeah. No. Oh no. It was. It was. Yeah. And so I 
yeah, I ended up making a series of, of a series of trades and, and, um, you know, I got rid of, uh, Oh God, I, I, I can't, can't really remember who I traded to get these picks, but I ended up with in the 2020 draft. So last year's draft picks one, four, five, six, yep. seven, uh, the first pick in the second round and the 11, the 11th pick in the third round. Um, and so, uh, and I had all this um, built around a base that consisted of um, at least one person, one player who I considered to be superstar potential at each position. So I had yep. all these picks with Kyler Murray at yep. quarterback, with Saquon Barkley at running back, with Tyreek Hill at receiver, and with Dallas Goddard. Just have to wait until Zach Ertz is gone. Um, and so I had these 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 pillars of of you know support in place, and then building around those pillars with young talent. And so when all was said and done, I decided to go with. Jonathan Taylor, as as at 101, um, again Big Ten guy, loved his his speed and his power. Um, issues for me were a, a, a little bit of the durability, just because he had so many carries in no, no, college. No, no, but no. as we all saw, as the season year, wore on too, with no preseason, um, he just got better as the season wore on. It was fine. Yeah, exactly. I took uh, CD Lamb at four. Um, and I mean, I, I personally think he would have gone Easily, well over a thousand yards if Prescott hadn't gotten hurt. Um, I mean, we, we saw these glimpses of what he can do and just his ability to, you know, his body control in the air, being able to go up and, and make contested catches are, is pretty phenomenal. Um, but, uh, and then, yeah, moving on to DeAndre Swift at pick five. And again, yeah. we saw glimpses of of what he what he can be. It'll be interesting to see if staff if Stafford's gone, um, what that role looks like. But I think he's going to explode once uh, once you know Carry On and Adrian Peterson move on. Um, then here's the here's the first one where I'm not I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. Um, yeah, I took Jerry no, Judy I still love Jerry Judy. The sixth yeah. pick over Justin yeah. Jefferson. And yeah. the reason for that is I loved his route running ability. I mean, if, <laughs> if people haven't noticed, Alabama's fairly decent I mean, at yeah. turning out receivers. Endless cartel of them, uh, right? Amari Cooper, Julio, and Jerry Judy had something like, yeah. uh, like 104 targets. Oh, with no one near. And only 40-something catches. It was like, oh, my awful. God. But if Drew Locke you know, gets the axe and they bring in someone yeah. like um, a Mac Jones or a Kyle Trask or some, just something fresh. They're already willing to give that, yeah. that attention and that, uh, that volume to yeah. Jerry Judy. And so that's what I'm kind of fired up about moving on. I took, uh, I took Cam Akers and I've actually, I've since, traded him because I don't like the direction the Rams are going. I love the player. I love Cam Akers. I think he would be phenomenal on several other teams. I just don't believe in the Rams. 
Yeah. And uh, so that that was it for the the five first round picks: Jonathan Taylor, C.D. Lamb, DeAndre Swift, Jerry Judy, Cam Akers. I took Joe Burrow with the first pick in the second round, um, and uh, then the Bears tight end Cole Komet. So as it stands right now, um, I have the first pick in the first round, along with the seventh pick in the first round, and then picks 201 and 204. We can show what strategy you're employing and we can see where you're investing your effort in. You know, this is the great thing about this being different from redraft is you can't do that in a redraft league. At the end of the season, you've got to chuck everyone back and then you've got to start from scratch. And if you, as you said earlier, one and six, well, you know, it's kind of hard to stay engaged. But at one and six in a dynasty league, oh, the race is different. It's still a race and it's a different race. And I like that then you've been really able to illustrate what that's like and that you're often not alone in that race, that there's other people who are trying to jockey to put themselves in a position to improve as quickly as they can. And that's the beauty of the difference between the redraft and the dynasty. And my my 2020 draft was different from that because I was one of these people who sold you my first round pick. And, and that was great for me because I got some stuff back that I wanted and it gave me someone who I could start as a quarterback now who wasn't complete trash, even though he wound up being pretty trash-like in Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, I managed to get David Montgomery in part of that with a package of stuff that I sold you, which was great. And he's turned out to be probably someone who I trust more than I even thought I would, I would have. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but then here I am next year at, um, at the very pointy end of the draft with the two picks straight after you. So it worked in some respect because I got some guys who I feel a little bit better about when I made the trade. One of them's really shone through and here I am you know, back with a chance to still improve quickly. So it, I think you've done a good job of illustrating how that works and that, you know, it's a strategy that people, you know, don't shy away from and it's, you know, you know some people who are at the point of your end don't really like watching teams, put out teams that are not, looking like they're going to be terribly successful, but it's because the strategy is different from where you are on the on the board. You know, if you're middle of the pack, you've got a decision to make, but if you're right up the top or you're right toward the bottom, that decision kind of gets made for you and you've got to lean into it. You've got to lean into it. Oh, yeah. I, I was just going to say there's a, a, a very fine line that you have to follow because you don't want to be that guy who, um, you know, sets the lineup with, you know, four little red tags that says you know injured reserve next to it and honestly you need to be in the right league i mean some leagues even doing what matt and i did might be frowned upon and met with some harsh criticism um so it's important that there's at least some strategy like for, for me i like to to try new combinations where you know if i was if i was you know 10 and 1 i might not want to risk starting Gabriel Davis at wide receiver in game, but I can I can risk that like like say you know what I think I see something right here I have a I have an idea I have a really good feeling about this game because this defender is hurt and I'm pretty sure the main cornerback is going to be covering this guy is going to be covering Stephon Diggs so yeah uh, honestly uh, moving on to to this class uh, it's 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 going to be. It's going to be interesting because, I, I mean, we're not going to have the combine. Mm. And so yeah. we're going to be relying on drop. social media more than anything. Yeah, I'm not exactly looking forward to that. But um, this is another opportunity if you have to, you know, just rely on social media. Use some of the things that, that I talked about earlier. 
Um, look at how comfortable a player looks. Look at that, you know, 11 yards or seven steps, 11 yards thing. Here's one other thing that I forgot to mention. Look at how, uh, well, I did kind of mention it, but just does a player look tight? Does he look stiffed? Does he look like he just spent 17 hours in a weight room? Because that gets pushed, that is that is pressured onto these NFL players that they have to lift. They have to lift more and more and more, or they're going to, well, you don't need to, because if you're faster than everybody else, you don't need to, you don't need to touch them. You don't need to hit them, but they lift so much and they stretch so little. And it seems it's, it's, it's shocking that as far as with all the money and the science and the technology, the fact that the strength and conditioning coaches at the NFL level are not giving the players what they need to, it's ridiculous. And that's because uh, there's the so much of the kind of a good old boy or, or you know, oh, it's the way it's always been done. You know, you, you, you lift and you and so many strength coaches are like that. And that's why you see so many soft tissue injuries that that's why you see, you know, all these torn Achilles and pulled hamstrings and torn ACLs. And, and oh, yeah, I mean, it's wearing for you, isn't it? You watch, well, you watch rugby union or rugby league you don't get that that many injuries in there and they're just as good of athletes but the difference is is that they are conditioning their bodies properly and so once we get to an nf uh like like a, a combine season where players are forced to you know train on their own put their their metrics and talents out there um you can really look at who has stayed in shape properly if their heels aren't coming up that high off the ground that's indicative of someone who is not very flexible if you're not flexible you're going to get hurt more often you're not going to be as fast and that translates <laughs> into less fantasy points for you another guy who was being drafted like he died too was oh, T.Y. Hilton he's a good receiver <laughs> he actually doesn't look great whole career has been defined by boom Barkley or bust yeah or hurt and to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying a huge F you to the vinegar stroke it has been cool to have Evan call by he has got to be about my favourite Kiwi American we're going to have him call by again in a third episode that's coming up as well as Dynasty Week uh, comes to an end this week, but we're going to come back to start talking about the NFL Draft. Uh, and this is where Evan's also going to chime in a little bit because he's got some pretty strong opinions on the NFL Draft, the players who are going to matter for Dynasty. And I'm really looking forward to having him back through to talk a little bit more about that. I'm also very, very excited to say that the next show this week over the weekend is going to be the return the triumphant return of taylor talk he's done us a bumper super bowl preview he and i are gonna shoot the breeze on that one we're gonna decide what we think is gonna happen each some things may be the same some things may be different i don't know it'll be interesting to see what his take on it is you can find us on facebook and instagram and here's why instagram has become a real thing for our show we've got about 2200 people following us over there and here's the impact that that can have. We have two shows coming next week with my buddy Mitchie, and we talked about a whole bunch of the rule differences between college and the NFL. So, I mean, the way we describe it is amateur and pro, I guess. And it's 
a heck of a subject to dive into and it was something that was driven by you the listener through the instagram feed so if you're not following us on instagram get across there check it out join us follow the content and and get in there and talk about things you want to hear on the show because we've got a long off season and i've got a lot of time to talk to interesting people about things that you want to hear about so if you can give us some things that you want to hear about we will get to work on it and in the meantime we've still got a pretty great lineup of people to talk to and things to talk about so find us on facebook and instagram we are at astro league podcast my name is maddie c host of the show obnoxious commissioner of our astros fantasy football league it's time for me to get out of here everyone stay safe and well hooroo this is the astro league fantasy football podcast us aussie folk can say some odd things perhaps a crash course in our language is best attempted in moderation mate clean bold to absolutely not understand in the slightest or to flat out miss something. Someone threw me a perfect spiral, but I was distracted by Matt Ryan shitting himself on the sideline, and it hit me right in the dick. Clean bold. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.